Hello everyone and welcome to the 38th episode of the Tuesday Night Podcast. Yeah, I believe it's 38 because I just edited 37. <laughs> I'm your host SBJ and to my left I have Will. No, I'm I'm on the right. You always get this wrong. I, I, I'm, I'm bad with the lefts and the rights. And I, I knew it was episode 38 um, because I think I just listened to episode 37 this morning. So I could have helped you out there, but I wanted it to be a surprise entrance. That, that's true. <laughs> but, that's true. But it's not a surprise until my mate makes his appearance. <gasps> we have B team's finest here. Not only do we have Will, but we have Logan also yeah. here. The return nice. of the lowercase B. <laughs> B. B for best team. Yes. B for, <laughs> yeah. No one's arguing there. Alan and Sean are not with us. They are at. The Origins Game Fair, I believe, is the official title for it, Origins, which is actually in Ohio. It's going on right now. And by the time you by the time this episode is up, that uh, that show will probably be over. So I'm super jealous. So next episode, we'll probably hear about everything they've had going on. I want to go to all the board game cons, honestly, every single Um, one of them. I, wa- I was actually almost close to going to this one because there's a specific competition that's part of it that I wanted to be in, and that didn't work out because I have to keep my job and Aww. my bills. Oh, yeah, I was I was very close to going to this one as well, except I couldn't find I couldn't find a driving date to go with me. <laughs> well, I would have if I didn't live on like fourteen the, um, hours the, the other, other side of the direction I have to drive. I would be your driving date. So this is the con that we all almost went to. <laughs> right, yeah. I, I did not almost go to this con. Yes, you did. Near, it's the near-miss con. <laughs> the the um, prior, prior to us hitting the record button, we were all actually just talking about Gen Con. Yeah. And we are all going to be there. Logan, let me mm-hmm. ask you, mm-hmm. how many years has a, have you gone to Gen Con in a row? Whoa. Uh, Put you on the spot. The hard hitting uh, questions. Oh man, I can figure this out because it was the year before Dance Central came out. <laughs> because, and this may surprise you guys, but I'm a two time Dance Central Gen Con tournament champion. No way. Yes way. I won two times. Dance Central 2 came out and Dance Central 3. So yeah, I'm pretty good at that game. Dang. Uh, I feel <laughs> like I need your autograph now. <laughs> it's gonna be worth something someday did you get a trophy so yeah you did you get a trophy for that like how many okay this is okay let's hear so, the gen con story let's just you know gen con's board gaming this is a board game podcast let's hear the sure, gen yeah. con story it's adjacent okay well i can tell you guys like the lame story of me and then i'm gonna tell you guys the awesome story of my friend justin so the lame story of me is that i i did i mean i practiced really hard but the game room like the video game room at gen con has really deteriorated in okay so i just looked it up and it's 2010 is when dance Central came out so that means i've been going since 2009 so that's seven this will be my seventh year seven. in a row wow. yeah and so the like seven years ago the video game room was huge it was free everybody could go in it was a really cool place to hang out and they had just tons of all kinds of weird games there, uh, a lot of fighting games and stuff. But then they also had like, I don't know, there, I, I feel like there was a big screen projector thing playing and somebody was playing Katamari Damacy. I know because I played it for a while <gasps> and it was a amazing. Dream. I know. No, it was even better than you think, Will, because it got down to like the the timer. Like it was there it was going like 10, 9, 8 for me to 
roll up as much stuff as possible. And everybody in the game room, like simultaneously looked over at the giant screen. And were like, 10, nine, eight. And then like got to the end of the thing and everybody like cheered. Cause I had, I had rolled up so many things. It was amazing. Wait, were you on the final level? Were you creating the moon? No, I, it, Spoiler. Was, it was just like, uh, I think I was probably on like the first or second level because it was just whatever people had played up to that point during the day. Uh, I think Katamari Damacy has been out for at least 11 years. Yeah. So <laughs> it's been a long time. <laughs> Things either happen up... before Dance Central or after Dance Central. <laughs> well, Katamari Damacy is assuredly before Dance Central. Yes, it definitely is. But uh, so before okay. DC. Before, yeah, DC. D B B D C like common era. Uh, but okay. So the second and third time we went to dance central, like I just, the first time was so amazing that I practiced so hard and, uh, I really like blew up dance central twos tournament. Like nobody could touch me and it was like not fun for anybody. So I kind of felt weird about it, (laughs) (laughs) but, uh, the first year it was this crazy thing. Okay. So let me, let's, preface this like dance Central came out and we were like really stoked like i guess my friend group is like the base of who they were targeting on who is going to play dance central uh because we were all we were obsessed and we were pretty good at like all the songs but teach me how to jerk is on the game and i actually like it makes you do the jerk which i don't know if you guys know it, but you like move your knees around a lot no, um, no. Even though we are equally homosexual and gifted with uh, <laughs> the joys of song and dance, I am not as gifted as you. <laughs> OK, well, I mean, <laughs> I, I would say play Dance Central because it actually teaches you how to for real dance. I'm but... also an elderly homosexual, so no, thank you. <laughs> well, the, this next part of the story won't excite you anymore because it is really knee intensive. And I guess I tripped or something during the song, but I definitely like dislocated my knee playing teach me how to jerk on dance central or like something happened and I couldn't walk on it for like a month. And so teach me how to jerk was like this. It wasn't even, it was like a seven out of 10 on the difficulty scale of that game, but it was this like, uh, that's the craziest song of the game because it actually hurt one of us. (laughs) So we, uh, it's a 10 in your book, right? Exactly. In our friendship group. And so we all, like regarded it with this, you know, heft, like it was some big bad thing. So it was like a, a big deal to us. We we got really good at that particular song. And it has a lot of weird moves like the reject. I don't know if you guys have ever seen anybody doing the reject, but it's like the running man in reverse. It looks really cool. And so we're all very good at that step. That's important to the story later. Anyway, <laughs> so we we go to Gen Con. There, again, the game room is amazing. It's set up. It's got projector screens of of a different dance game. And we came in, they were like, no, we're not having this switch that to dance central. And, uh, like nobody was playing the other dance game, so it didn't matter. So they switched over. So there's this, it's basically like the entire wall. One of the entire walls is dance central and we're actually good at it, which is the reason why nobody was playing the other one. Cause everybody's bashful, but you know, like we, we came up and we knew what we were doing and we were doing the hard songs. And so gradually this giant crowd, just gathered around watching us all play these games. Sounds like a Gen Con experience right there. Yeah, for real. And the original Dance Central was only one player, but you wouldn't have known that from looking at that crowd because everybody started doing steps. Like we would choose a song and then everybody behind us would like do the same thing. So it's like we had like 15 backup dancers in the room. It, it was crazy. And we like, so that was like, it was like Dance Central Con because I definitely played more Dance Central at that than anything else that year. 
we were always in that room. We were always doing that. And like so many people, just a crowd anyway. So the, this was all culminating to the tournament on, uh, I think it was Saturday night. So it was pretty late in the con and, um, we, we start out and, you know, we're, we're pretty, we're all pretty, you know, like we're going to do this. We're going to make it happen. But gradually, you know, as, as we're thinning out the ranks, we're going up the ladder. We realize, well, actually I, I go against this girl and she trounces me like no problem destroys me gets way higher scores on all the songs than me it turns out like we we get this through the grapevine after we've i've set back down for my defeat that she actually has number one scores on the leaderboards for three of the songs like three of the really hard songs so we're like oh well this is this is done but i knew that my friend justin was was better like he i was like you've you've done like you know uh don't sweat the technique and you got five stars on that you could do this you can make it happen (laughs) So, so I have never heard of any of these like, songs, but like, yeah, like on. a build up to like a Rocky movie or something. It is. It was definitely our buddy, our buddy comedy friendship movie. So, okay. So we're, we're like, th- you know, we're like, okay, we're, you're going to, you got to get through all this, Justin. So he's, he just happens to be in one bracket of the tournament. She happens to be in the other bracket of the tournament. And they destroy all the competition until they're, it's the finals. And you know, he's got, he's got his secret weapon. Don't sweat the technique. So he gets up and he gets he gets the coin flip. So he picks first and he's like, don't sweat the technique. Boom. And he starts doing it. And this is one of the songs that she has got the highest score on in the country. And so, of course, like immediately she's doing way better than him. And it's like, oh, no, like we're all just watching like heartbroken and it gets done. And and she's got a significantly higher score than him. And so and then and that was his choice. You know, like we the, the finals were he chooses one, she chooses one. And then. The um the judge chooses one. So the second one, the second song comes up and she picks it. And I, I can't remember what it was, but she I mean, you know, it's her pick. So, of course, she's going to win her pick. And it was a significant score difference there, too. And so we're all just like crestfallen or whatever. And then the judge gets up and she's like, well, I'm going to let the crowd choose the last one for this. And so my friend Nathan was there and he's just like, teach me how to jerk. And everybody like gets he's like a good rabble rouser. So he's like getting everybody hyped about teaching how to jerk. And the girls, the girls like shaking her head. Like, no, like I, that, I veto that the, the one who's got all the, the ultimate high scores, but everybody's going wild for it. So the judge is like, the crowd has spoken. You do a teach me how to jerk. And it turns on. And this is the one song in the game. She can't even pass. So <laughs> Justin, Justin is doing the reject. Perfect. Doing the, uh, all the jerk. Everything's perfect. He gets a flawless score. And she has like nothing. And it was enough points to make it so that he won the match. What? Uh, <laughs> nice. <laughs> it was amazing. <laughs> Dang. Well, I, wait, wait, wait. Hold on. Let's back up. Didn't you say you were champion? I was champion for Dance Central 2 and Dance Central 3. Oh, okay. This is Dance Central 1. Yeah. Got it. Okay. Mm-hmm. What a story. Yeah. <laughs> it was. It was definitely just this unbeatable experience and then of course now you know the game room progressively got less and less popular and more closed off like now you have to pay pay to get in at all and Do it's you just really yeah. yeah it's like it's like uh, i was looking it up i think it's six or eight dollars an hour yeah yeah it's nuts and so like nobody's in there so you can't play any of the multiplayer games and the spectacle and people like there's none of that a crowd gathering around somebody playing a game it just doesn't happen crazy oh yeah yeah, it's it's bad. But I mean, I, I'll always have that amazing experience. And and honestly, like the Dance Central one tournament, even though that's not the one that I won, it's 
that's you know that's you can't make those memories again that's crazy yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> so i did win two and three but it just wasn't as magical as the first time <sighs> so that's my like 15 minute story <laughs> no that's that's good I, I i have no complaints on my end i started <laughs> off asking how many the how long have you been going to gen con he said seven I guess I will take that question to Will. How long have you been going to Gen Con? Last year was my first one. Cool. But it was your second year booked? Technically, yes. Because yes. <laughs> I had to cancel the first year because I'm poor. And that was a lot of travel money. Yeah. So, yeah, that's it. But you're coming back. I am excited to come back because I'm coming back strong, right? Because <laughs> right, I've got... Two and one-tenth, because I think B-Team appears on this podcast one out of one ever, out of every ten mm-hmm. podcast episodes. So, you know, i got like two and one-tenth podcasts behind me, and one of them is actually represented. wait, two of them are represented at Gen Con this year. Yeah, yeah. So I plan on moving in, taking, taking ownership, and making a name for myself finally <laughs> in this world. I think you're... you're- I, and I don't know if Logan can remember from seven years ago, but I remember my first Gen Con. This will be my, I want to say my fourth year going, but definitely your first Gen Con. It's almost like you're thrown off. You have all this time and it feels like it goes by so fast. And then like in retrospect, oh, if only I like knew the proper expectations, I could have worked my schedule around so I could have done like twice as much. Or, right. Yeah. You do feel like you get better and better at the con every time you go. Yeah, like like the problem my first year is I booked a bunch of events during the day and then all of a sudden like 6 p.m. would come and it was like, oh, these events are booked and there's like nothing to do. And in, in reverse, it was like, I should have booked all my events at night because during the 10 to 6 hour, anything in the vendor hall, you can go and go up and say, hey, teach me this game or I want to buy this game or can I demo this or what are the rules here? Like there's so much to do. Yeah just based off the vendor hall alone. So once I realized that it was never book anything during the day, book everything at right. night. And all of a sudden, like your schedule is now full. Right. Yeah. And the and biggest mistake you can make at Gen Con is uh, to eat few food. <laughs> don't, don't ever stop for food. That's because that's like three hours out of your day right there. Uh, that, I mean, true enough, but just, just go at a time when less people are going to be there but food is like one of my favorite parts of gin con they got all yeah. those really awesome food well, now pro tip is just don't go to lunch at noon right go to lunch at like not. two or three and you'll right. really you'll, you'll benefit from like saving 20 minutes in a line or like bring, an hour in a line bring right. that soylent man bring that <laughs> bring that's that's good that's a good call that is, that is good it's a good call I might throw a couple in my bag. Another pro tip I have is find like do some a little preliminary research uh, on which games you think you're going to buy and see if they if you think they're going to sell out, because some of those games you need to go grab it. Like last year, I tried to get Mysterium and Mm -hmm. yeah, Mysterium, but I did get code names and that was like it it, it ran out, you know, oh, and uh, Flick'em Up also ran out, but I mean, it, it, there's a bunch of YouTube videos and stuff of people talking about all the games that are going to be very popular and they're normally pretty accurate. So I make a little list of like I even last year, I even looked at which booths they were going to be at. And then I made a little route to go get all the games that I wanted. Oh, OK, that's that's good. Yeah, I, I remember just hearing that Mysterium was having all this hype last year. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, it sounds cool, but I'm now I've now taken the rule where I almost have to. Not not 100% of the time, but 
if I have an opportunity to play a game before I buy it, I want to make sure I take that opportunity. Yeah. And for almost every game at Gen Con, you have that opportunity to, opportunity to play it before you buy it. So I was like, oh, I'll just, I'll just play Mysterium first. They're doing playthroughs all day. Like, here's the Mysterium area where they're teaching it. And by the time I even, like, found that area, it was like, oh, Mysterium sold out. Like, we're done. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and I even tried, I even went back, like, they, because Thursday they, they sold out, but they had, they were like, come back tomorrow and we'll have more copies. And every time I came back, the line was just as long and I still couldn't get one. Yeah. It, and, and, and there's, there's not really a benefit or a point to pay you know, double the price of that game because eventually it it came out like three months later and it was whatever price it was at. I think Mysterium was forty or fifty dollars. But yeah. People were selling yeah. it on the show floor for a hundred or hundred and fifty oh, or two hundred. Yeah, I, I would never I mean like if I can't get it at the con, I'll just wait. <laughs> yeah, I remember like the craziest scene that I remember from last year was some guy who just walked in front of well, who's the publisher that makes Mysterium? Was it Asmodee? Yeah. Yeah, sounds right. Just walked right in front of their booth, held up a, co- a sealed copy of Mysterium in the air and was like, $200. And somebody instantly came up and was like, pulled out his wallet and paid the guy $200 and walked oh away with Mysterium. And I was like, I cannot believe this just happened. Yeah, that's nuts. Whew. Yeah, I, I'm not about paying any additional. Like, if I don't. If, if I don't get to it, that's like, no, <laughs> I'll just wait. It's it's fine. It's a board game. guys. There's, I've got like two wrapped board games that I've never played on my shelf. I'll just go play those. Yeah. Yeah. The one game I bought at Gen Con last year, I still haven't been able to play the time. I still haven't played my copy. It's it's the the traveling game is time like, one, right? It, yeah. It's like cursed. Yeah, I, I totally agree. I've heard lots of great things about it, but I can never get it on the table. <laughs> oh man, I have. I still haven't. I've opened my Mysterium. I have not played it. Oh, Mysterium, I really played good. a lot. Yeah, and it's and it's really easy. It seems complicated. Like it's people get daunted when they look at it, but then you, and it's really just like a better version of Dixit. And I'm still, my WWE Superstar Showdown is still sealed. <laughs> no, no worries there <laughs> until they come out with like a Royal Rumble rules, so four people can play at the same time. I think those those are the only two games from Gen Con I haven't played yet, which is like now it's just depressing because Gen Con's a month and a half away. Right. <laughs> it's like, oh, I was so excited for these games a year ago and I have yet to get them to the table. And Mysterium has almost gotten to the table three times. But there there definitely is a certain amount of like, like I'm just realizing how being an adult means I'm not going to actually get to play all these games, even though my I have enough funds for them now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> isn't that, isn't that the curse? It's like you have all the money, but you don't have friends anymore. It's very Twilight Zone. <laughs> right. <laughs> there was time, <laughs> except it's like the opposite. <laughs> no, there was money now. Before we move into Table Talk, because you guys have both played some stuff. Yeah. So I wanted to just point out that the game I'm excited for that's already out now, but I'm pretty sure you can buy it. Uh, because Cool Stuff Inc. sent me an email saying it was ready to buy. I have not picked it up yet because I'll probably pick it up at Gen Con realistically, but Sushi Party Go is now Ooh. out, and I am a big, big fan of Sushi Party, or, or Sushi, Sushi Go. <laughs> What's Sushi Party Go? Is sushi a... Party is like my Friday night when I go out Oh, and get you, you would not eat a sushi. No, no, Do absolutely not. not. Anything that comes from the sea does not touch my mouth, but <laughs> I'm a super big fan of Sushi Go. So Sushi Go Party supports eight people 
<gasps> instead of six, which is already fantastic. Like any yeah. game that supports more than six people is already on my radar. Yup. But it also lets. Uh, I'm pretty sure the gimmick there, besides just being a card drafting game, is that you can kind of customize it more. That's cool. Yeah, I'm, I'm thinking more of like a a machi koro where you can say like, oh, I want these cards in, but not these cards in. Yeah, I, I actually finally played the expansions to machi koro, and it really does completely change the game. Yeah, yeah, it makes it way good. Machi koro is always like the game I come back to. Can you mix Machi Koro and Sushi Go together to oh. make a super uber game? <laughs> where, where you're double drafting or... <laughs> you're drafting like park buildings and... Oh, wait, guys, shrimp. I think they already made that. You don't like it. That game is uh, Seven Wonders. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah. Yep, yep. <laughs> wait, can you combine Machi Koro, Sushi Go, and Seven Wonders cards into one super uber, relatively <laughs> moderately not well liked game? The problem is you're only strong. You're only as strong as your weakest game, and that's right. Seven Wonders. You're only as strong as your weakest game. Wiser words have never been spoken. That's right. <laughs> that's right. Uh, I have not been playing anything recently. I've had just a very very busy june doing like work stuff stuff outside of the podcast scene but i believe logan has played some stuff and he's even going to elevator pitch a game we have never talked about on this podcast um so what do you want me to talk about first the reason why i was late or the elevator yeah let's pitch? go with the reason why you were late and then let's okay. let's hear your elevator pitch all right so i'm i'm playing in a dungeons and dragons campaign with my friends not just dungeons and dragonites which wrapped up recently but uh, a different one and we're doing the uh, curse of strahd which is it's a really large world but it's it's like finite you're all you're all in the same like area and you just go explore and you're trying to destroy this vampire guy anyway tonight and I, I hope that none of my players that i play with listen to this show because i'm gonna tell stuff that only my character knows and the dm um but i don't i don't think they do so yeah i should probably tell them about this show but after <laughs> this anyway so we were in this dungeon and uh the dm's like so you guys want to touch these statues or and he was sort of like <laughs> really hamming on about it and we had like an npc who the, re- the whole reason he wanted to go into this dungeon was to touch the statue so he could bring his sister back to life or something, which clearly, you know, you're probably dealing with some dark magic there. And, um, but my character, just like his motivations would be, he wanted to raise the dead at any cost because he feels responsible for some dead people. So he went and touched one of those statues and the DM was like, check your Facebook messages. And so like for the rest of the thing, my, the friends at the table couldn't hear how, what we were saying, but he was telling me like, okay, you, uh, this guy's offering you a deal and you can take it and you'll be like this much better at dodging stuff and being stealthy. And I'm like, yes, that will help me out tremendously. Let's do this. And so he's like, OK, well, your your alignment changes from chaotic good, which is what it was, to neutral evil. Basically, my character is completely different in motivation. And then he said that I also I can't answer any question with a straight answer. Like I have to always be dodgy about it. And so all of a sudden, it was like so hard to role play that. I, I mean, I, I didn't even know I didn't know what to do. Every like every I had to carefully consider every answer that I posed. And then, of course, they were super suspicious because I was sitting there reading stuff from the DM on my phone. So they just assumed that I was evil. 
And I was, I mean, you know, so good on them for assuming. <laughs> I don't know. It's just, it was just weird. I've never had that experience. Like it would be like if Greg made me do that to stand, I would be like, no, I'd be so distraught. Like, I'm, I mean, this character, whatever he's, he would do that. He would become evil to fix people in his life. But how long like, have you been doing this campaign? Um, we started about three weeks before um, we did Dungeons and Dragonites. So we've been going for about, well, that, I guess that would be like 20 weeks. And we play every Thursday night. How long are your sessions? Two, three hours? Three, three hours, yeah. We, we play from about six till about nine. So yeah, it's been, been a pretty long campaign. You can really get lost in Barovia, which is the, the place. <laughs> uh, I was going to say, um, the Board with Life folks went through uh, that campaign. I think before it was re-released... Okay. Yeah, they yeah. Went it's through been... and did a, a campaign on their podcast. Yeah, it's a, this is actually the third version of the Curse of Strahd. I think there was one in first edition, and then again in third edition. But don't quote me on that. And then now in fifth edition, they've got one, and it it's been really fun. It's just like a really, it's a small ish place, but you could go anywhere in this place, and there's these unique characters and like really creepy stuff, and it's been really fun. So yeah, that was my that's my D and D experience where I had to completely change my character on the spot, and it was really <laughs> really tough. <laughs> well, let's uh, let's come back to your elevator pitch, and okay. let's go to let's jump over to Will and what he's been playing. TCGs, man. TC, <laughs> you're playing the the Pokemans, the Hearthstones, uh, the Netrunners. No, I, Hearthstone is not a TCG. The Hearthstone is a TBG where you're trading bits. Because it doesn't exist in the real world. <laughs> Actually, it's it's only a CBG because you don't trade in the game either. Ugh. Yeah, you, so it's you a collect. collectible bits game. And no we'll, interest. And, no. And Netrunner's not even a TCG. It's a LCG, a living card game. Debatable. Um, <laughs> yeah, I think the only thing living on those cards is like bacteria. But uh, yeah, no, I've been playing Vanguard. Keep keeping up, getting getting to the that vanguard uh, grind the way that I like to be in there. Do you have? It sounds like what we were we were talking before the show. It sounds like you play vanguard a lot over Skype. I do because well during the week because Vanguard League is only on the weekends and there's like literally no vanguard players inside Washington D.C. that I know of. So. You know, when I go to league, I'm playing with people from Maryland and Virginia. And then I do like for listeners to my other podcast that I do about Vanguard, um, sometimes like they'll contact me and I'll be like, yeah, let's hop on Skype and have a few battles. Oh, so cool. do that. So, yeah. Does it, does was, it work well? Does it play well over Skype? Um, except for the fact that I have to aim the camera at my crotch. Uh, <laughs> pretty much. Yeah. Yeah. Because you just, gotta, you just gotta like, get a separate camera to like. Because uh, what are you using your MacBook's camera? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you just got to get like a Logitech C920 and then you have to worry about that. It's still facing down at the field, which is, you know, just above. Uh, it still requires some honesty on the part of both players and trust that, you know, when I'm doing like drawing the card from the top of my deck for an effect and declaring what that card is that I'm actually doing that, which may potentially be a little bit off camera. Right. But I mean... Yeah, presumably you're playing with somebody who you like there's no reason they would cheat right i mean that uh, seems so silly 
there is all kinds of evil in this world. <laughs> Cheating at games is amongst the lower of them. This is this is why I play Hearthstone instead of live TCGs. So no, my my main goal is just to play uh, with cute guys. So <laughs> anytime I have an opportunity to do that, I go right for it. Are you uh, are you doing any Vanguard stuff at Gen Con? I'm sure they have a presence there. Yeah, much more than I did last year. Absolutely. Yeah, Boucher Road is going to be there. Um, they have, I think, four games. Well, they will have four games by the time Gen Con comes around because they're launching a new game next week called Luck and Logic. Um, they're, they're all, they all have very similar things to them, but I'm really focused on Vanguard. And uh, they usually have, I know they have tables set up. I haven't looked to see if they're going to have any competitions or anything for prizes. But um, I know that there are people who are who have contacted me that are coming to Gen Con that want to just have fun Vanguard battles with me. So, you know, I will I will use Boucher Road space for that purpose. Cool. Hmm. Cool. Cool. Logan. Yeah. Sell us on this game. It's called Wink. So wait, do I need to do the thing? You have to get inside an elevator. Yeah. But who am I? You are somebody with no eyelids. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> all right you're somebody with no islands it's very clockwork orange in this place oh you're uh you're pitching wink is it that's w-i-n-k right yes all like right. with your eyelids i don't have ding me spj oh man oh i'm really sad you guys because i can't play the game wink the game for you know, three to a lot of players. I feel like it's nine. But in order to play this game, you have to have at least one eyelid. Because in order to everybody, there's two sets of cards, a, a one with white card backs and one with black card backs, and they all have numbers on them from one to 30. And everybody gets dealt out a set, maybe up to, I think it's up to seven, but it depends on the number of players. Uh, everybody gets a number of cards in their hand, and then the rest of the other side of the cards get dealt out on the table. Then everybody has a pawn, and you put your pawn on any of the cards that aren't in your hand, that or that don't correspond to a card in your hand, and then, before the next turn happens, the person who has your card that you have your pawn on has to discreetly wink at you. But watch out, because if you're caught, somebody can accuse you of winking at somebody else and get your card and the person who you were winking at's card so they'll be able to score double points for that and you won't get any unfortunately it's a game that i can never play because i do not have eyelids <laughs> uh so this is a party game <laughs> a party game for people who can close their eyes yeah right <laughs> i have i have a lot of questions about this this uh -huh. this follow this falls under a, a lot of like the honesty policy right if I'm winking at Will, but Will doesn't notice and the person next to Will notices, like their incentive to call me out was would be to get well, the points, see, the, right? So the right. But the way the way the the layout works, you basically like even if Will doesn't notice that you winked at him, or even if you don't actually have the card, but you're like making these eyes like, Will, look at me and somebody thinks that you have Will's card, they can say, you know, I accuse you, I think you have Will's card. And then if you do have Will's card, you play it down, and then both of you get it. Or that, that oh, person okay, okay. Both. So what if they what if they accuse you and you don't have the card? What happens? Then 
they spend their accused cards. So everybody gets five accused cards at the beginning of the game, and those are worth one point. So you spend oh. your accused card to make an accusation. You might get two points back, so you can net one point, but you might call somebody out and they, it's not I real. See. And then you just okay. Um, so basically it devolves into everybody constantly looking at each other's eyes all the time. You're just like staring at each other with like these wide eyes <laughs> because you can't, you can't do any false winks. Like there's no, there's no fake winking in this game. And then you just have to wait until everybody's distracted and be like, over here, wink. But can you, can you, <laughs> can you wink to convince somebody to waste their card? No. No, there's no false winks. If you wink, it's because you have that person's card. Okay. And and what, trust what me, is... you're you're too busy doing all that stuff and looking for somebody else's <laughs> wink to to worry about that stuff. Okay. What, what if my contact goes out of rotation and I have to blink it back into place? You can blink. That's fine. And also, you can be like, "Time out. I'm gonna do some eye stuff," but it's not for anybody's <laughs> benefit. <laughs> Time out. Eye stuff going on. What if, what if I point at Steve and say, time out, I've got to do some eye stuff, and like I'm winking while I do that, and then I say, oh, wait, it passed. And then Steve is like, we'll wait. Wait, if you're the right connection, how do you, what do you get from that? Is everyone sitting in a circle? Yes. Um, if you, okay, so let's say Will puts down his pawn on the black number three that's on the table, and... Steve has the white number three in his hand. So and it gets around the table and Steve slyly winks at Will. Will sees it and we wait from then on until it's Will's next turn. So at the beginning of your turn, Will, you would say, I believe Steve has my card. And Steve says, yes, I do. And then you both like you take the one that's on the table and put it in front of you in your score pile. And Steve plays the one from his hand and puts it down on the the table as his score. So you both got one point from that interaction. Okay, okay. This sounds like the kind of game where I would, like, see Steve wink at me, and then I would get, like, so nervous and anxious. (laughs) (laughs) Anxiety levels would rise. See, this is is exactly, like I said, it was polarizing, I think, before we were recording. But it's a really polarizing game because it turns out winking is sort of a weird thing to do. (laughs) Yeah. And is, have done to you. Is this a, a, a Kickstarter game? It is not. Um, I Ooh. can't remember what company puts it out. I can go grab it and find out if you want me to, or I could just like look it up real quick. It's Hasbro. <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> yeah, it's big time. Big time Hasbro. Well, Wait yeah. A second. It's blue orange is on the is on the cover. Yeah, they're partially owned by Hasbro or something like that. Oh, uh, okay. All right. So Blue Orange is They the... make Blue Orange makes Spot It, which is a pretty good game. Okay. Well, I, it, I wait, really... it also involves your eyes. How uh, disturbing. It does. Yep, it does. <laughs> Another thing that poor Lidless Logan can't play. No, no, that one you can cuz you're always looking at you're things. You're always looking. It is uh do you do you remember how much Wink runs you? Like a $20 game or something? It, it's 15 bucks. Yeah. Oh, wow. All right. I have had a blast with it. And then also I have had uh, like I have two distinct groups of play of players that I, that I play with. And one your group, dance central a, group and my dance you... central group, not into wink. They don't want to wink at each other. <laughs> they don't want to have people wink at them. <laughs> They're against wink. The other group that I play more casual stuff with is all about wink because it's hilarious and super fun. And uh, I think you. Yeah. It's it is definitely a more casual game, but I I have a lot of fun playing it. But it's a silly it's a silly thing that you'll feel weird and it'll be funny. 
You know, that's that's really intriguing to me because I have a like a standing invitation to go to a Thursday night gaming group. Mm-hmm. And like every Monday they announce, OK, th- this is the game that we're going to be bringing to the table. And all of the games that they bring are these like super serious uh, strategy or economics <laughs> games. And I was like, I never want to go to this gaming group because those yeah. games sound so boring. And See, it's like, I want, I want to play the fun games that make me laugh and, and have just like do stupid stuff. And like, you know, you have to guess like the, the phrase that I know because I'm 200 years older than anybody else who's playing. <laughs> and of course I lived through that experience and none of you guys know it. And I can laugh because you're all idiots who are uneducated. <laughs> I don't want to do like bidding and and all that kind of stuff. So I I'm kind of the same way for like when I was first getting into hobby board games, I was more open to playing like a a long format game. But now I don't know. I mean, like I I had as much fun playing Wink as I do playing pretty much anything. But Wink takes, you know, like 10 minutes and and, you know, like a good example is Mage Knight, the board game. I, I played that. And it was really fun. And I played it with two friends. So it was three total people playing this game. And it did not feel like much time had passed. But when we got done, it was six hours after we started. And, wow. And I thought I had had fun. But when I saw that it was six hours later, I was like, I didn't have enough fun. Wait, I... is there a game called Mage Wars? Is that a yes. board game yeah. or a card game or something? Yeah. Mage Wars, I think, is like it's a card game, but you have your entire deck in your hand. Right. Yeah, I think somebody's gonna correct us, but it's it's something along that. No, I, I can I can relate to those those feelings that you expressed. Like I would definitely never pass up an opportunity to play a game like Power Grid, which is very like math heavy and I, I really love a math a math heavy game. I I really draw the line at, at like six hours. Like like four to four to six hours is not my ideal yeah, playtime. Because like power, power Grid could take three to four hours. And yeah, I, I like to call Power Grid the game I spent $50 on and have never played in my entire <laughs> life. And, and we, 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 should, we should play it, and I would love to play it. And I, I remember every time I've played Power Grid, which, which I believe was three or four times, and I've had just amazing and great times with Power Grid. But I think that almost makes me scared to bring it back to the table uh, what if you guys don't like it and I don't want to go like an hour into power grid and then we just right. quit because somebody's not having fun. And it's, it's more have, of reading your audience and seeing what they're going to like and then setting up scenarios. And with a game like wink or sushi go or something, you're only losing 10 minutes. You're not losing two or three hours. And I mean, it's like a unique experience where, I mean, like all of these kind of are my, the game that I have like that is alchemist. Like I love alchemist. I can play alchemist all the time every day, but it's uh it's a very daunting game to put out because it has so many tiny little parts and it's basically it's a worker placement game plus a logic puzzle there's so many little pieces that everybody gets scared of and doesn't want to doesn't want to do the thing so and and i'm the same way with like like you were saying like i don't want to get it out because like okay i'm gonna have to set this all up and like in the middle of setup somebody's gonna be like oh this is too complicated and we're just not gonna get to (laughs) play it (laughs) Are, are there potential choking hazards as well Oh, yeah, definitely. Uh, <laughs> All over the place. Everything looks like candy, too. Nice. <laughs> well, I think I think we wrap it up there with potential choking hazards. Uh, 
I got to thank you guys for being on, especially last minute. Uh, B team is, is always a good, what am I looking for? Like a good refresher. It's, it's always like the thing at the dinner table that you're not sure of, but then you (laughs) take a bite and you're like, yeah, this was pretty good. Yeah. Like the, uh, the, uh, broccoli aspic. Mm hmm. Uh, choking hazard. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Logan, where can where can our listeners find you? Uh, I'm Logan Jenkins on Twitter. That's that's mostly where I do my interacting. You can also like go check out the Dungeons and Dragonites podcast. I'm on that every single time. <laughs> Except it's over. Except it's over. But you could listen to 24 hours of content for free. Yeah, 12 episodes all up there on iTunes. Uh, Will, where can our listeners find you? Uh, well, on Twitter, I'm at washinthesink, W-A-S-H-I-N-S-Sink. I can't do it. <laughs> I can't do it. <laughs> and uh, why, don't you, why don't you pimp your other podcasts? Oh, Will? yes. I'm on uh, the Drive Check podcast. It's about Cardfight Vanguard. Um, it is not a competitive how-to-play Vanguard podcast. It is a let us learn about the game and teach everyone how to play kind of podcast. So we are open to people who have never played Vanguard at all. Uh, just start from episode one. And by episode 13, you will be just as confused as we are. <laughs> Perfect. It's a great pitch. Real solid. You can, uh, if you care to follow me, I am at dragging a lake on Twitter and you can follow Tuesday night games on Twitter at play T K G. If you have any questions, comments, or concerns, podcast at TuesdayNightGames.com. That email, the <laughs> that, uh, that email will get to myself. Uh, otherwise, this episode is Venetian. Venetian? 